This is a summary of the second Sikh of Parshas Nitzav, the Sikh is Chelek Yud Dalil. We are focused on the beginning of this week's Parsha, where the Parsha opens up by saying that Hashem makes a covenant with the 10 categories of Jewish people. And it goes through from the highest level to the lowest level. And the conclusion of its description of the Jewish people, the nation, the ones who Hashem is making this covenant with and together with Hashem, is Hashem says, the convert that is among you. And then it continues, from the wood choppers until the water carriers, those who draw out water. Now, Rashi, on these words, says a very interesting story about what it is referring to. And as we are wont to do in this summary, we are not going to go into the questions, but let's think about the difficulty in the verse as we look at this verse and wonder to ourselves, what exactly does it mean when it says, uh, What category is it adding to the Jewish people? Now, you must say that it's a part of the Jewish people from the simple context, because who is it describing? It's describing, You, the Jewish people, are all standing here together to go into a covenant before Hashem. And Hashem is making this with you on this day, and so on. The, the covenant to keep the Torah and the mitzvahs. So clearly it's talking about a category within the Jewish people, unlike other commentaries, I shall note. But the Rebbe says, on the level of pshat, for sure it's going that way. Now, within the category of the Jewish people, it also makes a lot of sense that it's going on converts. Why? Because again, if you look closely at the context, it says the converts among you from uh, those who chop the wood until those who draw the water. Meaning it seems to be a continuation and a description of that which came a moment before it. So then the question is, what is unique about these converts that we are describing them this way? Surely not every convert that joins the Jewish people is doing these menial labors. God forbid we have a commandment to love the convert, we have a commandment to treat the convert with respect. We have the convert, we have a mitzvah to look up to a convert who is close. Their relationship with God is very, very special and unique. It can't, God forbid, be that you use the convert. So what is going on here? That why? What category do we have of a convert that's being described in this pasuk? And... If there is a new category, a different kind of conversion, a different new category of conversion, how come out of the dozens of times that conversion was mentioned and converts were mentioned throughout the Torah and never mentioned before this, this kind of convert? What is it referring to? And therefore, we must say, we must say that actually until very recently, meaning until this point in history, we're now at the end of the 40 years in the desert, there actually wasn't this category of convert. This is actually a new category, a new kind of convert within the Jewish people. Where am I I ever going to find that? So therefore, a person like Rashi who's studying the Pasuk, what he begins to do is to scan and scour and search the entire Tanakh and see if he could find another category. And lo and behold, he finds a very interesting story in the book of Yehoshua, where over there it says, it talks about these people who pretended not to be Canaanites because they were afraid that the Jews would not make a peace treaty with them. And they pretended to be from far away, and they made a peace treaty, and they converted 
to join the Jewish people. And the Bnei Yisrael were very, very upset because they felt they were tricked into the treaty, but they honored their commitment and they turned them into water carriers and wood shoppers, etc. So here we find a very interesting example. And they had a very interesting status up until the times of the Talmud, to be precise. There's a group called the Nesinim, those who were placed and given these tasks, they were decreed upon by Joshua that the Jewish people shouldn't should not marry into them. That was continued by King David. Um, was decreed for all time. That's a different discussion why that happened. So Rashi says, you know what? It actually makes a lot of sense, just like that story. When did that take place? When they were in the middle of conquering the land of Israel, and these people were upset. These people were upset about or afraid rather. What will happen to them? Now the Jews are standing in the Transjordan. They're standing right at the precipice to cross the Jordan River. It makes sense as well that the same kind of story would take place. And indeed, Rashi learns, of course, there are sources for this from our sages. But this is what forces brings Rashi, who looks at the Pasuk in a, from the mindset of Pshuddha Shemek on the simple text, says, wow, I found an explanation of what the category of converts, this new category is, that it turns out that a delegation, a nation, a group, whatever, however big it, may, it was, had came from, from Can- uh, Canaanites came to try to join the Jewish people, and they actually converted to Judaism, but they were given this particular place in history. But then the question arises... We don't necessarily find that these Canaanites were decreed upon and set aside and treated um, badly, as badly as the ones who came under Joshua. Who I, I wouldn't use the word uh, treated badly, but in the end of the day, because they made their covenant in a in a trickery way, in a bad way, um, they they were decreed upon, uh, not for all time, only for a while, decreed against. And then King David made the decree permanent because of an event that happened that he found them to have cruelty. And King David says that the Jewish people don't have cruelty, so it must be there's something wrong with their conversion. That's a story for itself. But as far as the converts of the story of Moshe, was it really necessary when discussing how Hashem is entering into the covenant with all of the Jewish people and with the converts and so on, why was it necessary to spell out this group of converts uniquely? Is there, what makes them essentially different? I understand, for whatever reason, Moshe said that they should have these tasks of being water carriers and, uh, and, uh, and wood choppers. Perhaps I may suggest, this may be wrong, maybe Moshe did that in order to ensure that they were truly converting for the right reasons, that they weren't converting to join the Jewish people and be on the victory band and then turn around and stab us in the back. Rather, he wanted to see whether they're sincere about converting, that they wanted to join the faith, even if that would entail them doing these menial tasks of chopping wood and so on. That's just a suggestion. But in any event, whatever the reason may be, it doesn't explain why when discussing Hashem's covenant with the Jewish people, he would spell out a new group. And therefore, Rashi actually tells us something very interesting in his words, Basically, that the reason why the Torah made a new category was to teach us this very story. In other words, it's true that I wouldn't technically need a separate category to describe this group. But this is the Torah's way of saying these three, four words to tell us a story that happened in the desert, which for whatever reason, the Torah wants us to know this story. It's just like you have many stories which can be hinted at in just two words. The whole story of Avram being thrown into the fire, we know from two words in the Chumash. So we hear as well, this story and episode, the Torah wanted us to know, and that's why it told us 
this precise um, story. It would be nice if Rashi had a proof beyond that in the simple level of the text. And Rashi indeed does bring you that proof because when you study the story of the Givainim, the story in the book of Joshua, it says they also came with trickery. And it gives no context over there. What do you mean by also came with trickery? So the commentaries say all kinds of fantastical Beautiful ideas Rashi even over there brings from Midrashim that just like the Jews when they massacred, when Shimon and Levi massacred Shechem in trickery, so too the Giv'aynim came now to the Jewish people with trickery, you know, going back to an event from 500 years prior and so on. But the more simple translation as Rashi gives us now is that they also came with trickery. In other words, there was a group of Canaanites who did this before them who came to the Jewish people and managed to join the Jewish people through trickery. Um, what does what does this mean spiritually, on the spiritual level? So for that, you go to different translations of words in the Hasidic text. So the word Canaanite, Canaan, and elsewhere in Tanakh, throughout Tanakh, many, many times, it means a merchant, a seicher. That's the translation. So what does it mean to draw water and to chop wood spiritually? So as the Alter Rebbe explains, chopping wood, the word eitz means a eitza, means um, scheming and plotting. So you have to chop up all of your schemes and plots and trust in God. And to draw the water, water represents pleasure because it makes things juicy and pleasurable and so on. The more water, the juicier and sweeter the fruits are. So water represents pleasure. The drawing, the water represents drawing out, taking out the pleasure. That some activities you must engage in, but you shouldn't get so much pleasure in. What is Rashi teaching us? That even the Canaanites, what are the Canaanites? Canaan in Hebrew means a merchant, even business people. They have to work on themselves in shopping and destroying their machinations and scheming and plotting and to truly trust in God and their mind should be focused on Taira and tefillah, and so on. And they have to take the pleasure out of their work. Their main pleasure should be focused on godliness. I could have thought, who's supposed to do this kind of stuff? Those who are studying Taita, the rabbis, the, the those who are involved, but those who are working, you want them not to really enjoy their work? You want them really not to um, think a lot and, and, and machinations and everything about their business? The answer is yes. How could you do it? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, put them up to this task. And Moshe Rabbeinu represents the Pintliid and it represents the leader of the Jewish people. And when a Jew connects with that element of his soul, that even as a business person, they were able to always stay connected um, on high with something greater than what they happen to be involved with at that particular moment.